Hello, and welcome to the Science Ready Podcast, where I talk to women in science, music, and the arts. And today I'm super excited to have Abby uh, Gobelli on uh, the podcast, who is a um, radio DJ at KEXP, and um, uh, of which I've been a fan for the past 17 years. So <laughs> uh, that's why one of the excitements, but also she, um, Abby has been working in music for um, for quite some time, but as both as a music manager and then as a radio DJ, um, both at university and now at uh, and several radio stations. So I'm very excited to hear more about kind of her um, views on music today and and where she got to where she is today as well. So hi, Abby, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Hi, how are you having a good day? Because it's in Seattle, you're obviously in Seattle, so not too yeah, much snow. I, the snow has melted. I'm very excited about this. Uh, I, I'm from the Midwest here and I'm used to growing up in the snow, but I was so excited to get away from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it um, appeared all of a sudden and I was like, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it was not, not yeah. just a little bit, it was a lot of snow. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, though, uh, typical rain, you know, Seattle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so I gave a small intro about you. Was there anything I missed out that you would like to add, or? Um... Mm-hmm. I'm currently um, a radio DJ at KEXP mm-hmm. uh, here in Seattle, and um, I do an overnight show yeah. every Wednesday. A, 1 a.m. to 6 a.m. Um, mm-hmm. But I set a lot. And then, uh, yeah, music management's kind of um, a new thing for me. Um, I manage a band out of Vancouver in Canada called uh, Actors. And, but I, my background is kind of in record labels and stuff. And then I DJ around town mm-hmm. and I also run marketing for um, a venue called The Showbox here in okay, Seattle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I have my hands okay. in a, I like to keep busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, that's that's really cool. So, um, when you talk about like you run, um, obviously, so you're you have the slot one to six a.m. at KXP on Wednesdays, right? Um, yeah. Can you tell us a bit more about um, your approach to managing that show, music-wise, but also just yeah, uh, filling basically five hours of music. Uh, or um, how, how, yeah, I'm very interested to hear how your approach is to basically, um, yeah, being a DJ during those hours as well. Because obviously you broadcast across the world, as I'm based in London. So yeah, yeah. Um, what's fun is like a lot of uh, the listeners who contact me during my show are from the UK, or I get listeners from Australia, sometimes Asia, and mm-hmm. uh, sometimes. Africa as well, which is awesome. I'm like, it, it's lovely to feel like the world is a bit smaller. And um, yeah, the way I program it, um, I what's unique about KEXP is you can like, you know, to an extent, you play what you want um, and what you're passionate about. And uh, what's funny is some of the music I play kind of blends well with the night. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, I, I tend to like I, I love post-punk, but I love all genres. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's easier to say um, I love all genres except maybe for modern-day country music. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. 
So I try and uh, interweave those as much as like all these genres and their conversations mm-hmm. with each other. I love to mix, um, you know, maybe like a Jacques Brel tune into uh, something that is referencing maybe like um, Belgian or French music in like mm-hmm. maybe a tame and pop something. Or I really love to find those reference points and connect them, you know, through my transitions. So yeah, uh, yeah five hours is a long time. Uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's true. It's it's a long time, but it's amazing yeah. to be able to be very free in what you can basically play and 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 explore as well so because obviously you say you kind of you try to be very experimental in kind of how you organize your mixes and but how do you kind of approach mixing older and newer music for example or is it more um and yeah how you discover new music as well and look back to the older music and bring that back into like the the mixes that you make Yeah, um, well, I mean, I've ever since I was uh, probably 10 or 11, I grew up in a very small town in Iowa, so there wasn't mm-hmm. much to do. And my obsession became finding new music. Mm-hmm. And whether like digging through the internet or this uh, record store that I loved called uh, CBGB's, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of yeah. that club. And uh, I, I just loved finding it, it's a big treasure hunt for me and with the older music I mean it's kind of going through the catalog in my brain but also I still love to discover you know older music like right now I've been dipping into um a lot of music from Ghana lately mm-hmm. uh there's a really great label called Analog Africa and also Soul Jazz Records out in London they they're really good at like you know, bringing things that normally wouldn't be on the dial, you know, mm-hmm. that weren't previously represented and bringing it to light now. And mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I don't know. It's a big obsession. It's things that I love to mix to create a story to be like, look, this is the past and the present, but it all like, it's all a good conversation, basically, mm-hmm. is kind of how I pick mm-hmm. in my mixer. Yeah. So, the, yeah, the last one, basically, you, um, the music music that matters podcast uh yes. yours the nobody puts abby in a corner one yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was an absolute uh delight for me because i discovered so many great new music as well like nordy day that was yes. uh, yeah really really great and frankie for example and i was wondering um as well when you because you've interviewed some of them during that podcast or there were some interviews yeah. basically on the podcast so um when when basically looking into the different artists and so on and within the specific podcast there were a lot of women which was amazing um can you tell us a bit more about kind of the um how kind of have you how you've seen the evolution for women in in music evolve let's say both at the radio station but also let's say music management and mm-hmm. um so, I, I would mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. I would say uh I think you know like definitely now women are finally being represented uh for their work in music I think often 
women in music in the past have been overshadowed or, you know, pushed in, in a corner. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know I've had experiences with that. And I think everyone does um, if you're a woman in music. And I think today there have just been, m- minds are more open to realizing what is going on, um, mm-hmm. the the failed systems that have gone on in this industry and those things are being broken mm-hmm. and we're still far from it being an equal workspace. But um, I, especially in every job that I've had in music, I've tried really hard to be like, okay, how can I make more space for, you know, women and also people um, who aren't normally represented in music mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. more space because right mm-hmm. now I think it's a space thing and we've, we've definitely made that more, more space. And that's been very helpful through the internet and just having more sources of talking to people like podcasts, for instance, I, mm-hmm. I went to a conference in, um, in Los Angeles a couple of years ago and it was specifically, it was put on by WNYC mm-hmm. and all women in podcasting. And I just like, was like, this is amazing. And I just think a lot of more, you know, media and just technology out there to make women's voices heard. And it's about time people are listening, you know? Yeah, 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 totally. No, but it's, it's yeah, so it's amazing. Obviously, you give uh, musicians, but in particular, then also women, a platform to actually, uh-huh. yeah, get out there and, and be heard across the world. Um, so that that's that's really yeah amazing. So going maybe a bit into your um, your own background. So yeah. you stud you studied theater and psychology, and then you went yeah. into music more specifically, right? Yeah. Uh, what's funny is I kind of started off as um, a music major. Um, mm-hmm. I was very active in music uh, back in like high school and stuff. Um, I used to like compete in choir, <laughs> but I also mm-hmm. used to like tour in a children's theater company. It's a very weird background, but uh, yeah, I was in music and theater first. And then I, I didn't like the constraints of the music major program. Um, I didn't really want to do opera, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I just felt like I couldn't break out of the constraints that were put on by these programs and theater allowed me to speak with that. And mm-hmm. also I just, had a weird obsession with uh, psychology and, you know, how people connect with one another. And I actually did some grad work in neuroscience for, mm-hmm. for a hot second. I'm a little all over the place. I have a lot of interest. <laughs> That's in great. I am like that as well. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, but what's funny is music always kept finding me. Um, mm-hmm. When I was a theater major at the university of Minnesota, there was a radio station at the, on the top floor of the building and I walked up there one day and I'm like oh yeah I want to volunteer and what was crazy is uh they did in studios too um like uh they do video too as well so kind of like KEXP and uh the drums were doing a session that next day and they're like oh do you want to come in and help with that and they had no one to interview them and it was like my little middle school dream come true because the childhood dream was I wanted to write for Spin Magazine. That's all I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. uh, this was kind of my little, ah, yay, I'm finally interviewing bands. And then I, I just kind of never looked back from there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I dove in head first. 
Yeah. Did you, are, are you still, because obviously you started in music and then you went kind of into interviewing them and, and working yeah. for musicians, but are you still doing music yourself as well? Um, not as much as I'd like to. Um, I, I dabbled into sound design for theater. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's also, there's always like little projects that I write in a notebook and I have recently returned to drums. Um, okay. so I lessons for drums again. And, uh, I have a lot of noise making machines at my apartment <laughs> that so maybe one day, um, I will finally, you know, uh, bring something together, but yeah, at the moment, I don't know. I just keep chasing all these things. <laughs> yeah. And drums is in particular, I think it's one of the hardest instruments possibly to oh, play. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Please. Yeah. Um, I, but then again, I feel like my attention span with guitar kind of, uh, wavers. I get bored mm -hmm. with it. Whereas drums, there's all these like different patterns, these paradiddles that, I love to experiment with and I think also with the music that I play a lot there's a lot of interesting per percussive patterns and uh, mm -hmm. I think that kind of reflects my interests but yeah I, I'm having so much fun with drums like I, I don't get sick of it I, I, I'm like okay I'm gonna keep going <laughs> yeah yeah no I can see that I can and I, I also yeah because I I I like you dabble around with the piano when yeah. I have time and when I find the time and um but kind of if I, I kind of still have a basic background in it let's say and and to advance you really have to put a lot of time in it in a way but I guess yeah I mean with drums it's the same to advance you really have to put the time in it but it's kind of that mm -hmm. level between being bored or having really something to play with and and yeah that's that's very interesting um and so so yeah then going into your kind of interviewing career uh, of musicians and also starting in music management. How Can you explain us a bit how that got started and how you basically started managing, for example, actors, the bands? Well, that's a very recent thing for me because um, in the past I've worked um, at a record label called Saddle Creek Records and I also worked uh, at a law firm doing music licensing so I had all these like little like spare parts into what makes like a music manager I guess mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh yeah actors I there was a 12 inch that they released um I believe at the beginning of 2018 if I'm remembering everything correctly and I loved it and then I reached out to them and I said when are you gonna release your debut I, I can't wait to hear it because um and then they sent it along to me and I really liked it. And I got to know the band and um, tried to help them with like booking and just, you know, like we just got to know each other and they're like, hey, we don't think we would trust anyone else with this. We would love it if you could manage us. You'd be really mm -hmm. good at it. Um, they, they just said, I, I'm always very good about getting things done and also just had a good energy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So I was just like, oh, yeah, I guess I could do this. I never really thought about it like mm -hmm. uh, as like a career situation, but like working with a band that I love and also that I'm friends with um, mm -hmm. just makes it easier. And also it's really nice to be able to put like my my press, my marketing, my licensing experience all in one kind of gestalty and whole. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, no, it's it's it's, mm -hmm. 
Oh yeah, um, it's just been a nice, uh, it's it's really cool to bring all this knowledge together and um, you know, kind of put it forth in a new way. And I'm really excited to be working with actors. Uh, I, I really love their music. So it's really nice to have that belief, you know, behind all the work that you've put in in the past. Yeah, it's it's amazing to also hear about your kind of legal backgrounds and law backgrounds in terms of um, the licensing, because that's obviously a really important aspect of, of uh, yeah, just being a band and being able to kind of live of your music. Can, can you go into a bit like the the difficulties, for example, for a band, but also then I guess when they, uh, you as a manager, like how, how, what kind of pain points are, for example? I know very few yeah. about music licensing, more about like the scientific licensing, which is probably very different. So Yeah, uh, um, well, music licensing is changing all the time. Um, I am currently trying to brush up on it because I haven't worked for the law firm since, uh, gosh, 20, 2013. <laughs> so I'm like a little rusty. But, um, you know, it's like taking care of... Uh, you know, bands really just need to have a lawyer or someone familiar with that legalese because you don't mm -hmm. want to, a lot of contracts in the 90s were, bands were signing away like their rights to their work and mm -hmm. also future work. So um, a lot of bands, um, you know, even today, those contracts are still in effect. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't happen much anymore today, but it's always good to look at for bands to look at uh, the writing and what you're giving up and, but also like what you're gaining as well. Um, and specifically with licensing, that's like how bands make their money today. Mm -hmm. uh, you, know, uh, you could get one song in an episode of a Netflix special and make, you know, a good amount of money, more money than you might make off like record sales. Mm -hmm. And um yeah, it, it's a good, it's something I'm still, uh, you know, brushing up on, so I can't quite totally speak on it, but um, it's definitely something, like, if, if the band wants to, you know, keep going forth, it's uh, really helpful financially. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's really, uh, yeah, yeah, like, great to hear, and, and I'm sure, like, listeners also that, that have kind of a music background and potentially thinking of releasing an album or something is, is, is really important to think about going forward as, mm. um, as obviously now all the music is digital or most obviously you have still vinyls and, and so on, but access can, maybe we can we talk a bit about that as well, because today obviously you have all the different channels of how to access music. Yeah. Um, um, of which I guess radio is, I'm still listening to the radio every day, but I guess a lot of people don't. And because you have all the other channels that offer the digital music and on kind of demand. And I was wondering how you as a radio, radio DJ or how kind of you view that, has anything changed or is that kind of, how has that evolved going forward with all these digital platforms going into play? Um, yeah, with all these platforms, I mean, um, I know it definitely has had an effect on like commercial radio, but um, I feel like nonprofit radio, especially mm -hmm. like KEXP or um, there's like a lot of other stations. I mean, like BBC Six too, like mm -hmm. there's all these 
great uh, stations that provide a community, which I think people want. And I think mm -hmm. I think there's been an increase in gravitation towards those platforms. But mm -hmm. what's also nice is um, people are using, you know, these streaming platforms to also integrate with those. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like, you know, like with Bandcamp too, um, there's these platforms and they're all, there's so many of them, but a lot of them are trying to figure out um, also how to benefit the artists, especially like Bandcamp, which I mm -hmm. really appreciate. Like, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like right now, I just feel like there's so much out there that people just want to sort through it. And that's mm -hmm. why there's always a for radio because, you know, I mean, everyone's busy with their day. Like mm -hmm. maybe they don't have that playlist on Spotify or something. Whereas, you know, with nonprofit radio, it's like, oh, hey, it's like my friend talking to me, telling me what I should listen to. And <laughs> fun to do, you know, everyday life is, I'm, I mean, that's what I'm constantly doing with my friends. I'm like, oh, my God, have you heard this? <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. And, and I've been listening to, to KXP for so many years that I feel like, well, I know you guys. It's like, <laughs> well, yeah. it it's, it's funny. Yeah. That. Yeah, it's fun to have that, you know, relationship with listeners, too, because it's like, because it's always fun to like nerd out. Like, I love the emails I get who are like, oh, I love that band you played. I'm like, thanks, I do, too, because, you know, <laughs> I have that enthusiasm matched. Yeah, yeah. no, it's 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 amazing. And I think, I mean, music is such a, well, for me, it's kind of, yeah, I can't go a day without music and, and I guess you're the same, but it's such yeah. a powerful medium that, yeah, like any emotion you're in, basically there's something that will resonate with you no matter, mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's really incredible. So, um, about, so you mentioned you you grew up in Iowa in, um, in the countryside, but was there like a musician that kind of inspired you to, for example, go into kind of music um, studies or well, is there like a specific musicians from the past, not from today that was like, yeah, that was really, really kind of exciting um, or inspiring? Yeah, I would say that one of the most exciting moments, I, I still remember uh, when I I grew up in a little town called Mason City, Iowa, and right next door was Clear Lake, Iowa, and it was the last place that Buddy Holly ever played, because um, okay. there was a plane crash and stuff back then. But there was a record store in this old venue called the Surf Ballroom, called CBGBs, which I mentioned before, and oh, yeah. I, I, I used to watch MTV late at night, like at 12 a.m., <laughs> and I remember seeing this music video of Bjork. And uh, it was like Army of Me. And I mm -hmm. remember that changing my whole life. And okay. I was like, who is she? Like, I want to be her. And like, I went to this record store and the clerk, I'm so glad that he was nice to me, you know, because <laughs> it, it all life. I, I went in and I was like, hi, this is me being 11. I'm like, do you have any Bajork? <laughs> uh <laughs> and he's like, do you mean Bjork? And I'm like, Oh yeah. And I was like so embarrassed because I'm a preteen. And, um, but yeah, he like brought out the whole discography of like that she had had. And, um, there's a bunch of use and he's like, yeah, here. And he like gave it to me and I used all my allowance to buy it. And like yeah. listening to records just kind of opened all these experimental worlds for me, these different sounds that I wanted to tap into. And also just her vocals were insane. Mm -hmm. And I was very into 
you know, choir and stuff at that time. And I'm just like, how can I match her creativity? And Mm -hmm. yeah, she, she was kind of like the entry point that like made me realize there was a world outside of Iowa and that I should get out of my small hometown, (laughs) you know? Um, Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, And she's an amazing artist. Have you ever seen her live? Yes. I finally saw her um, at FYF Fest in Los Angeles a couple of years ago. And she is just amazing. Mm -hmm. She constantly inspires me still. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I've never seen her live. I've only seen her like on on live shows on TV. But uh, yeah, I think she must be really incredible to see because she's so experimental in their music as well um so when you do you go a lot to concerts as well or is that like how you get inspired like the inspiration or like get to know the music I guess or uh yeah I like I like live performance in general and Mm. I love the energy of the room and the excitement I you know I just love the feeling of it It, it's always exciting Mm. um I guess I've always been with that way uh like with theater and performing and just music. Yeah, it's just always been something that's been ingrained in me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And do you like uh, small or big venues? Is it, I guess, because it can be very different. I went to a concert actually yesterday as well in, in a quite big venue, but it was actually very intimate actually, oh, yeah. because of the setup that it, it's like a round venue. It's called mm-hmm. a round house in London and... Oh, um, but it's quite big, but it's actually because of the setting, it feels very intimate. Yeah, I uh, I had a couple friends that used to work there. Uh, oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, I saw Muse there once. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to school in uh, Scotland. Uh, I I went I went down because I won tickets or something. But yeah, I mm-hmm. love that venue. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. the round is intimate. Yeah, it's intimate. Yeah, it's um yeah, obviously you have much bigger venues here than like the O2 which is like the well the very big ones. But um but yeah, I guess to discover new bands it's it's always like do you, like the music scene in Seattle, can you because here we have a lot of like small like pubs for example or bars that also have live music where lots of kind of up and coming artists for example might have started and then played and suddenly become like yeah uh more more kind of known I'm, I'm is that like how's the music scene in Seattle or like the north of northwest of America yeah uh in Seattle in the northwest like uh, uh Seattle Portland Vancouver mm-hmm. it's very it's amazing how much people make up here like I Mm. I mean I also lived in Minneapolis for a while which was a very fruitful music scene but it's amazing like how all these cities in close proximity to each other like uh just make such amazing music and the venues um like in Seattle in particular have a lot of history um like I also work for uh the show box you know Mm -hmm. where all those um you know all the grunge bands that you hear of like Soundgarden and Pearl Jam all like got their start there and it's really cool to be a part of that history and you know and the whole music scene treasures those places Mm -hmm. and um yeah like I venue wise my preference I mean I love venues that are like anywhere from 500 to 1000 cats because that's just me (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) I mean it depends on 
interesting. Like I recently mm-hmm. saw Nine Inch Nails at the Palladium oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, and that was perfect for them. And it it just fit the energy right. You know, it's all about the feeling of a room. And mm-hmm. then um, I still remember seeing like Big Thief um, at the Sunset Tavern here, which is like, gosh, I think maybe 70, 80 people like are in there. Or I saw mm-hmm. Idols in that venue too. And oh, it yeah. Was yeah. In- it was so crazy to have like that many people in this tiny with this band going crazy and oh it was so much fun I got pushed on the stage a couple times but it was so worth it <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're UK band right idols oh yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. it's that one yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're really, yeah, it's true. It's, it can really vary from venue to venue and kind of, so with your, the band that you manage now, Actors, will you go mm-hmm. on tour? You mentioned you, they will go on tour soon. So will you, will you go on tour with them or kind of manage from, from uh, kind uh, of remotely? I will probably do like, they kind of manage their tour stuff. I kind of do day to day stuff. Like mm-hmm. um, we're still kind of like, you know, figuring all those things out. Right now I'm kind of doing like press and um, kind of radio outreach for them and kind of like whatever I feel helpful with. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still kind of, I feel like uh, like a manager position, it just kind of plays to your strengths and, um, you know, yeah, yeah. to be honest, yeah, I'm totally. still figure it out. But I'm probably going to meet them in a couple, in a couple markets like Minneapolis because mm-hmm. that's stomping grounds and, uh and I'm really excited for them to play in that city too. Um, yeah, so like I'm gonna go to a couple things, but mm-hmm. I probably won't go on tour with them because of my other jobs here. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you mentioned you're you're working like on press releases and stuff, um, yeah. Like in terms of the um, the kind of the music, because I guess most people know magazines like the Rolling Stones, Rolling Stones magazine, and um what's the other one called again uh and i'm oh, i forgot now the also another enemy is it the, the big um also like a big um, music magazine but i guess in terms of like for example now when you do a press release would you target more uh, i guess like smaller or bigger magazines directly or is it like a build-up that you focus on because I guess you, like, like you say obviously you're still kind of figuring things out but yeah. uh, what what an it, approach would be yeah. it, it kind of depends on the situation um in my past experience I, I usually kind of try and uh target the markets that they are touring in mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and also it's always good to hit up like broad range too because you never know um like yeah, like uh, I, I like to hit the smaller blogs too because that's usually those are the people that are actually I feel listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To, you know, because it's that mutual enthusiasm, you know, and I know they'll take great care because you know without small blogs like we wouldn't have the giants like Pitchfork and stuff today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I also know, you know, it, it's all kind of about building a base mm-hmm. and uh. Yeah, it, like just kind of with this, uh, in my past experience, I know that usually just targeting markets and then also putting a blanket out there, like a broad approach, it's all kind of just trying to figure it out like a fishing net, you know? Yeah, yeah. no, no, absolutely. 
and and yeah, I think I mean it's 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 definitely great to hear kind of how how kind of approaches would be yeah kind of how things would be approached in terms of um for for uh interviews or kind of press release and management and um and and kind of yeah just bands live in general but also to actually make a living of, of it i think it's it's a, a lot of things well we hardly hear any kind of details around that usually when when a band performs as well you kind of just know about okay you buy tickets and then they have maybe merchandise mm -hmm. but about kind of all the other aspects of of um of running a band it's it's a lot of other things that are involved so um so it's it's really interesting to hear kind of how that is being done so um i wanted to discuss something um because i'm i'm volunteering at a a charity here in London that is called Girls Rock, Rock London, and they're an amazing organization of which I was part of myself actually two years ago. I was in a um, one-week band, a punk rock, a feminist punk rock band, uh, um, and it was called Unladylike. And um, so, but this it's an amazing organization that basically organizes camps for women um, to create bands over a weekend, and then you write a song you basically um perform live at the end of the four-day weekends and um and that but the money basically or the funding that goes into that basically funds a whole camp in the summer for girls uh between mm -hmm. 11 and 16 years old and and it's really a bit of focus of one to kind of create a space where they can really make music and just discover other things creatively but also to boost confidence i guess and kind of um yeah just work on that as well while they're they're again making forming a band writing a song and performing then live for their family and friends and i was wondering um i mean it was the most amazing experience that i've i've done in in yeah one of of, of amazing experiences that i've done it, it was incredible um but how like how do you see as as have like working in these different fields of music the future for like girls and women that go into these music careers um, mm. in terms of, yeah, both as musicians, but also in the music industry. And uh, yeah, so I was interested to kind of hear, we talked, we touched on that already a bit earlier, but I guess, yeah, how do you see things evolve going forward? Um, um, I think, I mean, I think there's a lot of attention being brought to, you know, inclusivity, diversity, and bringing women uh, into music, or just having, you know, that space to make it like, it's amazing to see like, that super group Boy Genius with Phoebe Bridgers, Lucy mm -hmm. Vegas, Baker. Oh, I, w I went to four of their shows, because I was just so excited that, you know, th there's a super group of all women, uh, just uh, resonating with me, you know, yeah, there's, yeah. there's Soccer Mommy, there's so many female voices right now and it's amazing and i think that's going to bring a lot of these uh you know these girls at these rock camps like there's mm -hmm. brain city rock camp too here in seattle and it's mm -hmm. really fun they've like they performed um uh some stuff in kexp space and it's really exciting to you know have that confidence because there needs to be more organizations like that to you know like if i didn't hear bjork or like Joan Jett when I was younger who knows mm -hmm. if I'd be doing what I was doing because mm -hmm. I was 
searching for someone who, you know, kind of reflected me. Like, mm. I mean, I, I just wasn't seeing that. And like, you know, some of the rock bands, like just mainly fronted by dudes, like, uh, it's, it's just nice to have that reflection mm. for the mm. girls right now. And, mm. um, also what's great is there's a lot of women in the music industry who, also are willing to help you up. Like I've had a lot of amazing mentors. Mm -hmm. um, one, her name is Liberty. She used to work at Columbia Records. She was um, a VP of sales there. And if I didn't have like her guidance, like I, I think I would have, you know, kind of lost my mind. <laughs> mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a difficult thing to navigate. And it's so important to find those female mentors and mm -hmm. the women who are in the industry right now. I, th I think it's very important to, you know, become a mentor and an ally to help make space because, you know, you got to mm -hmm. have to make things better. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's super great to hear. I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's very important in a lot of different fields, like the mentors and, and kind of seeing people that are actually doing it as well. And the more people yeah. will be doing it, the more kind of, especially young girls and, and uh, see kind of, well, this is what we can actually really do. And, and the confidence kind of uh, can grow when they actually want to kind of go in that field and be supported by other women uh, as well. Uh, so. And I should, I should say like, um, and also if you're the only girl in the room, that's totally okay. I, mm. in all, most of my jobs, I have been the only like girl at the company you know mm -hmm. like yeah and it's 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 a thing to notice but also not a thing that should hinder you at all mm -hmm. no no absolutely absolutely I think yeah, yeah that it's 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 can only be like a, a motivation as well like to bring yeah. in other other people women to like grow further the group and and just like yeah grow this uh, very diverse uh kind of community of people working together but yeah absolutely I, I mean I have a technical background and I've all, I've always worked in a very male-dominated environment yeah. as well um so uh so yeah in that sense it's very similar and in terms of um festivals do you have any like favorites or like festivals that you have actually planned coming up as well? And and what is your views on festivals? Yep. Because I guess you have the concert halls, but then you have the big festivals as well, which is often very different. Yeah. Um, uh, festivals, like sometimes <laughs> I tend to avoid them just because I go to so many shows in general, but mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I've seen everyone in that lineup. Um, yeah. But festivals are, like, I have so much fun that like FYF doesn't exist anymore, but they had Nine Inch Nails, Bjork, and Frank mm. Ocean. Like, mm. I love it when festivals can, um, specifically festivals that are carefully curated too, um, that I can enjoy everything. I guess mm. I don't really have a favorite festival on top of my head, but I've noticed that the ones that I do enjoy the most are the ones that are very like, kind of carefully curated. Um, yeah. Yeah, but like I, I'm also not above like traveling for like a show like I'm gonna go to oh, yeah. glad August to see uh the cure <laughs> oh nice um, yeah, yeah 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 no that's, and, um, that's... Mm -hmm. yeah please oh let's just say and I also work on a festival uh with um the kids from the show box called Bumbershoot out here that's been around for a long time it's always fun to be working on a festival though because mm -hmm. you get to see people 
are just so happy to have some stress relief from their reality. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's really, and um, I've, I've worked it for the past couple of years and it's really exciting to see, to see that, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. bringing some joy into people's lives, even if it's just for a weekend and it's, it's a good escape to have all that music. And also just great for the musicians to have a platform, um, you know, to maybe an audience that they wouldn't necessarily perform in front of. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's great. I know it's from the bumper shoot, uh, from listening to it, but I, I yeah, I've, I've never been. Um, uh, but but it's great. I mean, I uh, I was actually just talking to a friend of mine because you need to plan a musical trip as well <laughs> soon. Oh, nice. Uh, to travel somewhere, so it's, it's great that that you're kind of exploring the world for other uh, <laughs> for other concerts as well, and and to look, to to see some musicians. Um, yeah. What's funny is the reason why I went to study abroad in Glasgow was because mm -hmm. I love the music so much. <laughs> oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> so, so how, because obviously I love Glasgow. I've, I've only been once, but um, I think it was really nice in terms of you have so much live music on the street already. And oh, then obviously in the, bar, in the bars as well. How, yeah. how long did you, were you there for like a year? Yeah, I was or... there for a year, but I'm back. Yeah a few times since I was just back last March and oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I miss the venues and mm. I um one of my favorites is uh there's this tiny one there's also a record store called Mom Glasgow and they used to have these tiny just intimate shows but I also loved um this venue called Nice and Sleazies <laughs> <laughs> I, great name great name <laughs> uh and then the art school because I used to go to the the Glasgow School of Art but then like kind of under the school was a venue called the art school mm -hmm. um and i i just miss it like everyone glasgow has the best audience like for live concerts ever <laughs> you always make new friends and um everyone is just so ready to be there you know mm -hmm. yeah 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 it's, it's really like ingrained in the uh, yeah very much yeah. like in their kind of um, city culture, in a, in a way. Um, I was there um, during a Celtic festival. It was like January. And, and so it was yeah. more like classic. I mean, there was a mix of everything, uh, but yeah. uh, it was incredible as well. Uh, what was out there? So, um, okay. Very cool. Do you have any final comments before we like go into the quick fire quiz in terms uh... of? Yeah, nothing that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, um, so then I would like to ask you some questions about kind of, uh, first off, an album or a song that impacted you in some way, and how did it impact you? Um, let's see. This one I've been thinking about this one for like weeks now, and I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know what it, but like, uh. I don't know, probably because of the recent James Blake record. Uh, the first James Blake record just was so impactful in that, like, it was amazing what he could do with sound. Because, like, mm -hmm. I'm a music junkie, but I'm also just, like, obsessed with uh, just sound and how he would have silences that were just as loud as the rest of the music. And mm -hmm. I, I just thought that like kind of psychological connection with the sound was beautiful. And um, I really like how that whole record is, it just, 
it's it's soul, it's hip hop, it's electronic, but it all kind of is universal in a way. Mm-hmm. And that it makes you dance, but wow, it just makes you feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't listened to his music that much. I need to kind of listen to his music a bit more. Um, oh, I'll great. I'll check out his his album again. Um, yeah. Okay, that's that's really. I I was at a gig um, during um, New Year's Eve, and it was with Tatum. It's yet oh, the cool. same thing. It's, it's like music. He was singing, but then it's like silences. But the yeah. silence was so captivating that you were like, God, what's happening? It's yeah, like very, it's yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's so incredible. Um, mm. I really enjoy it. Cool. All right. Very cool. Very cool. And then um, recommendation of a female musician and why her? Um, wow, there's so many. Um, well, not... Like, I guess it's not like a particular, like, is it cool to say female band? Yeah, yeah, t- absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Female musicians, bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Um, I would have to say uh, this new ba- the, the pe- band that you found in your pot, the podcast that I uh, presented. Um, okay. Or, no, you know what? I really, really love Sir Baby Girl right now. Okay. There's just so many that are inspiring right now, but like Sir Baby Girl like she made this pop record that is so unique and she also taught herself how to be a sound engineer okay and produced the whole record herself she's like i'm going to do this all myself and the it's amazing the production quality is perfect and she is very good at taking this pop but also like warping it in these really cool like vocal inflections and kind of screams but like they kind of resonate with like the crazy situations, you know, they're not crazy situations. They're like stuff that you daily encounter Mm -hmm. in, you know, going through college and dealing with friends and just, you know, people in general, but she amplifies them in this way that, you know, is she amplifies the, the quiet stuff that you kind of keep hidden from everyone else Mm -hmm. makes it into this infectious pop music. So I would definitely recommend Sir Baby Girl. She's great. Okay, that's amazing. Yeah, I'll, def- I'll add it to the show notes so that people can check it out as well. Uh, I love it so, when, when, yeah, musicians do that as well. And and especially, I mean, if she, if she produced everything from, like, scratch, and then it's amazing. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's really amazing. Um, then next question, what are you currently reading, if you're reading anything? But, um yeah, or listening to audiobooks, um, <laughs> which I often do. Oh <laughs> yeah, um, I have been reading uh, this book about it's the autobiography of Wiley. I really like grime music, and okay. uh, I, I've been it's been really cool to to see how he, you know, grew up and uh, came to find grime basically. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, his life is very interesting. I really I really enjoy Wiley. Can you explain for the listeners as well? Because I'm not sure everybody will know the the, the genre, what it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm. UK grime is basically kind of just a combination of hip hop with these like very, uh, uh, what's the word? Kind of, it's almost a little trip hop too, mm-hmm. but it has this like bombastic kind of horn section throughout it. it it's It's just, it's very politically charged, but also explaining mm-hmm. like what's going on 
in you know that part of London and I I'm just fascinated with all the textures that they put in and then also it's amazing how fast they can turn around these tracks uh that are just so playful but also can just call out you know stuff mm-hmm. that's going on that's wrong yeah yeah yeah, yeah no, no, it's amazing it's uh, yeah that's the power of well, music, but also the musicians that do it right oh, or that, that kind of use the medium to do this. It's, yeah, it's quite, quite incredible. I remember the name of the London station, but I used to listen to it all the time. There's like this grime show, mm-hmm. um, not on NTS, but it's another radio show. And it's amazing. Like they'll have these freestyle sessions. These, and it's just, oh, it's just so cool how they can freestyle like, all these different things and like just kind of work off of each other i just i just love grime <laughs> yeah, yeah cool all right very good um what's your favorite invention and why um probably it's gonna be silly but probably a french press because i desperately need caffeine <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah okay that's that's really great yeah, yeah that's absolutely acceptable <laughs> <laughs> another friend uh, sorry yeah. um, someone else that was on the podcast some months ago uh, she's a musician me for queen she uh-huh. her favorite invention was the milk frotter uh, which yeah. I loved as well to like make the kind of the cafe like milk uh, coffee but at home and yeah. yeah it was like yeah her magical thing to do every morning and which was amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Okay, very good. <laughs> um, and then your, do you have a, a, or like a social impact project that you kind of, you think is absolutely amazing? Aside from KXP is incredible already. Um, but is there something else that you're like, this is absolutely amazing. You need to check it out. And yeah. Yeah, I would just say like any rock camp in whatever city you're in, like mm. it's easy to start one too. Like there was this one in Minneapolis that I just loved um, that called it She Rock, She Rock. And also Rain City Rock Camp for Girls is just, it's just amazing. I just mm. love that um, all this rock music is being made accessible to be like, hi, no one can take this away from you. Cause like, I just felt like with when I was younger, like, um, I was kind of told like I couldn't do drums, you know, or like, you know, just people, just uh, lack mm-hmm. of a better term, just like you know, people trying to take that voice away from you. And it's yeah. really nice to have these camps so that, you know, you are giving voices literally <laughs> through a through an instrument to these yeah. girls. Um, Absolutely, really, I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm like any any rock camp that you have in your city um or if you don't it's it's a good time to start one yeah no absolutely I think it's it's incredible yeah the the one that I was part of but just in general um yeah. worldwide I mean the more camps like that kind of exist and are well like um are a really great kind of uh, space for 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 young people basically in general I guess to kind of learn about music and explore and especially then in particular then girls as well but um yeah it's 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 great okay very good and and then my last question is um do you have a challenge for the audience um and that could be can be a variety of things but yeah 
I would guess the challenge would be to, you know, look in your everyday life and how can you give more space to uh, women and uh, people of color, people of different sexualities and, you know, on mm-hmm. just, you know, different people who aren't normally represented in the majority. Mm-hmm. How can you mm-hmm. give more space, whether it's through music, arts, or just like in the workplace, mm-hmm. how can you give more space for people to be heard? Okay, very good. That's an amazing message. Um, um, so yeah, I this was absolutely amazing. Um, Abby, I, I, it was great really to learn about kind of your whole journey and and kind of what you love as well and what kind of drives you into music and um and other things as well just in life it's it's really great to hear kind of how how you kind of uh manage managed all of it to kind of put your voice on things as well and and kind of um spread the 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 word of diversity and inclusivity in through what you do at radio, but also with your other work. So I think that's really, really great and very important. So, so yeah, absolutely. Thank you for being on the show. And maybe like if people want, uh, like before we kind of say goodbye, if people would like to reach out or get in touch, like what would be the best way to kind of uh, get in touch with you? Yeah, I would probably say um, via my Twitter um, yeah. is probably the best way. Okay. Um, which is just at a certain Abby with an yeah. A-B-B-I-E. Also, I just really love the band, A Certain Ratio. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, so I'll add that to the show notes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, um, and also on there, uh, you can always email me, uh, just abby at kexp.org. Um, okay, very good. Things get lost in there, but I, I always uh, get back. <laughs> Okay. And what is your uh, like week looking, um, how is your kind of week going to look like uh, going forward now? Is it filled with many different things again? Or uh, do you have like a a highlight of the week? Yeah. It's always a crazy week in my life. Um, I'm subbing in in every day for the midday show this week, actually. Um, And I'm really excited because Maya Follick is in studio with me on Tuesday at noon. Okay. And oh, I love her debut, Premonitions. It's mm-hmm. so good. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. And then, yeah, just, you know, marketing shows and uh, just just hustling like I do. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the best way to go. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Okay. that's super exciting. Yeah, Maya Folik, I I've only heard, like, I think one song of her for now. So let's add that to the show notes as well. We'll... Uh, boost her because she's kind of just she just released one album right or something yeah her, it's her debut oh EP, yeah, yeah, yeah. EP prior to that and strange darling was the first one that, that okay well it was cool. the first one and also it just caught my attention and I'm like I gotta keep tabs on her because she's great yeah yeah okay very cool very cool all right yeah. but thank thank you so much and I mean have an amazing week um ahead cool. and uh if you're ever in London let me know um i'll talk to you soon bye everyone thanks for listening thanks thanks for having me